from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, it's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, help them do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. You can give us a call. The number is 888-825-5225. My name is Jade Warshaw. I am joined by George Camel. Good to have you in the house, George. So fun. It's great because, look, we both have books out. That's an exciting time. I love it. If you're not watching uh, YouTube on podcast, we have them both displayed. George's new book, Breaking Free from Broke, pre-order today. And then you've got this one. Well, George, you're supposed to announce mine. I and Jay Warshaw's new book, Money's <laughs> Not a Math Problem. There and can you I go. say, my wife saw your cover yesterday and she was like, that's such a cute cover. Oh my gosh. I was like, you didn't say that about my cover. Oh, So wow. I just want you to know, Whitney's a big fan I of love the cover. That. She loves the color. She loves your outfit. I love that. It's supposed to look like a magazine, and I feel like, do you feel like it does? A hundred percent. Yes, and I Mine feel like Mine looks like, like Honey, is... I Shrunk the Kids, but you know, that's Oh, fine. I was going to go more for like Incredible Hulk, like, move these walls. Like I get something. that a lot. The, if I had a nickel, Jade, for every time <laughs> I got compared to the Hulk, I'd be broke. Real talk. I love it. But you can get your copy. I would say just go on and get both of them. Read them both or take one for yourself and give one as a gift. That's a good strategy. Love it. Uh, RamseySolutions.com slash store. That's right. RamseySolutions.com slash store to get it. Get involved, people. I'm going to get involved with these phone lines. We've got Chris from Minneapolis, Minnesota. What's going on, Chris? Hey, how you doing? Doing <laughs> nice good. Hi. <laughs> Yeah, hi. I'm I'm on here just to to find out. I have a makeup on location um, business for bridal parties, and cool. I started a wholesale uh, brand um, from this. <laughs> I from my makeup on location. Cool. And I'm looking to scale um, and figure out how to do wholesale for boutique stores. I have 11 locations right now where I'm selling to boutique stores. Uh-huh. Um, my brand, but I'm just trying to figure out how to how to figure out wholesale from consignment, doing it consignment or selling it um, a wholesale directly to the, to the boutique stores and to see what's best. So it's um, your line of makeup. It's your line of makeup that you're selling. Yeah. Well, it's private labeled currently. Uh, We're looking at different ways to do custom stuff because I know a lot of customers are asking for that um, with the movement (laughs) in the industry of having things be homemade. And when you say custom, when you say custom, what does that mean for makeup? Because, let me tell you what I have in my head because I want to make sure the listeners okay. understand. Okay. I'm thinking the same way I might go to the d- drugstore and buy like uh, Revlon, right, brand. You've got right. your own brand of makeup that you're selling. Well, yep. It's a, well, it's private. Well, so when I say own brand, I work with a manufacturer here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's not my own recipe. So okay. it, would be, it would be something that I go there, find out what I want to <clears throat> sell them, uh, sell through my online store into the stores. Yeah. And then I, I package it here. Uh, you slap your own Minnesota. label on it. Yeah. I got it. Yep. So yeah, exactly. Yep. Make our boxes here in Minneapolis. Cool. Okay. Yep. Okay. What yep. are you, what are you bringing in right now? What's your top line revenue? Um, well, that's where this, so, uh, my wedding business where we do makeup on location is actually the top revenue. You know, okay. Two part business. So, that is where, <laughs> but because it's a service industry, there's right. a little overhead. <laughs> right, right. That, and um, I love that, by the way. Yeah. So, and so where the whole brand came from is I had bridal clients were like, oh, you know, how do I touch up? You know, I need my own lipstick to carry in the day. And that's where the brand idea came from. My brand is Gunpowder and Gloss Beauty. Uh-huh. And, uh, and, uh, yeah. So do you have I, some I, stores that are, that want to carry this? Yeah, they're actually already carrying it. Um, I have 11 locations right now. I just got Delaware, oh, which is pretty cool. I'm trying to 
basically small boutique stores that don't have necessarily a brand. Like mm-hmm. I want to be able to have the, you know, powder foundation, all the different things. Yeah. Right now our category mix is just lipsticks, shadows, bronzer. Like just So kinda, are you not is um, the problem that you're selling it to these stores, people are buying it and you're not making any money? Is that what the problem yeah, is? Yeah, I feel like well, I feel like the wholesale piece, I like for instance, I get a wholesale order and it may be, you know, three hundred dollars, but then I buy the goods and it's costing me uh a three hundred dollars to buy, you know, the the product. Um the cost of the product and the box and all the things. So I'm just trying to figure out, because I have one store right now, I'm testing this to do consignment with them. Uh And uh, it's in Tennessee, actually. It's um, over in Johnson City and Irwin, over in that area. Okay. And uh, it's actually been good. Like, we have a a uh, 70-20 split. I take 70. She keeps 20. She has no... over like investment into the into it sure um it's just what you make is what you make right forgive my ignorance where's the where's the other 10 percent going i'm just curious (laughs) oh sorry 30 okay (laughs) i was like something is not enough here okay so i feel like it's in in a lot of ways it's kind of like a basic math problem right you you've got to start with some margin in mind and if there's no margin, then some there's a, a dollar amount that's got to shift either on the cost that you're selling it to them or on the cost that they're selling it to the consumer. So some of that ends up back in your pocket, right? Right. right. So could you just increase what you charge for the wholesalers? I could. I just feel like in the beauty industry, you know, when they can go into Walmart, per se, and buy a $5 lipstick, of course. mine... It's a high, you know, it's a good quality lipstick, you know, the no pyramids, all the different things that we try to not have in there. Um, but I sell it for 24 and they may. So I'm really trying to figure out, like, how do I. <laughs> so probably what's you know? happening is it, a lot of times what I see is it's like, OK, like I'm wearing a hoodie sweatshirt, right, that I made. Right. If I right. were to buy this in bulk and get you know, tens of thousands printed, it's a lot cheaper than if I go and say, hey, I just need to run a 10, right? I'm I'm paying right. so much more per item. So it almost right. sounds like because you're trying to move small and you're trying to do this, yeah, you are going to spend more per product early on because you don't have the proof of purchase to just go out here and say, you know what, I'm going to go to this manufacturer and I'm going to have them do 10,000 lipsticks and 10,000, you know, foundations. Right. And t- you're not there yet. And I think the right. good thing is, Right now, you are you're going to have to pass on some of that to the consumer, and you're going to have to pass on some of that to your distributor because everybody wants to make money, right? If you're not making money, right. you're not going to keep doing this. And if the manufacturer, you know, if, if the store is not making money, they're not going to keep uh, carrying your brand. So what right. I would try to do is make sure the value proposition is there for the customer. Why am I going to spend twenty four dollars? on on chris's brand of lipstick when like you said i can go over to walgreens and get one for five dollars well you just sold it to me because i'm like yeah i don't want any parabens i don't want any uh animal products in there i don't want you know i don't want this to make my lips crusty by the end of the day so make sure you've just got to (laughs) get creative with your branding Mm -hmm. and understand why this is better and make sure um the places that you're reaching out to um, to carry this, that is a, like it, it. They're known for carrying boutique products. Like that's there's definitely a market for people who want that. I'm in that market, right. and it's just this is not the thing to try to get into uh, Walmart or someplace where they're carrying a lower um, right. price per item. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. 
but start no, totally. small. Try to go grassroots. Try to incentivize the folks that are buying from you currently to share, spread the word. You can give them free product, mm-hmm. work with influencers. There's a lot of okay. things you can do. Wholesale may not be the ticket for you. There may not be That's enough true. profit margin That's right good, now. That's good, George. So there's a lot of options okay. out there, but I'm proud of you. You're crushing it, Chris. Mm-hmm. Thanks for the well, call. Thank you. I love it. Thanks for having me on. Thanks. <laughs> I love that social media angle, George. That's Hey, that's where Listen, the money is right there. You Jay, you're an influencer. You understand. Yeah, I would look. I might influence it. Send me a couple. I want to see if it's any good. This is the Ramsey Show. I saw some recent financial statistics, and there was some pretty troubling news. When families were asked how long it would be before they faced financial hardship if a spouse died, nearly one third said they'd be in trouble immediately. Another 44% said they'd be financially drained within six months. People, it does not have to be this way. Term life insurance plans are just plain cheap, and companies have made it even easier by not requiring exams in many cases. There really is no excuse to leave your family in this situation by not having life insurance. This is why I talk about Xander Insurance every day. They're committed to protecting families with the only products that I recommend. And their team keeps the entire process simple and affordable. Go to Xander.com for quick online pricing or call 800-356-4282. This has to be a priority. If your family is in this situation, you need to get this done. You're listening to The Ramsey Show. I'm your host, Jade Warshaw. I'm joined by George Camel. And we want to take your calls today. We want to hear about your life, your money. You can even call us. We'll talk about your career, your relationships. Because here's the thing. It all filters together, right, George? One thing bleeds into the next, which bleeds into the next. So give us a call. The number is 888-825-5225. And we would be happy to give you our take on that. Um, The question of the day today is brought to you by Neighborly, your hub for home services. With 19 service brands nationwide, Neighborly's provider network has trusted local service professionals to handle multiple different services in and around your area. Visit neighborly.com slash Ramsey to find and schedule your service today. Today's question comes from Jeremy in Kansas. I'm struggling to pay off debt. Not because I can't afford to, but because it's hard for me to let go of the cash that's in the bank. I have approximately $80,000 in car loans and $450,000 on my mortgage. I have liquid cash of $400,000 and brokerage of $200,000. I know it makes no sense to keep the debt, but I have a hard time not seeing all of the cash available. How do I overcome this mentality? That's a real question, Jade. That's that's a real feeling. It is a real feeling. A lot of people, when they've got all this money in the bank... It hurts because they've worked so hard to save up this money and they feel like they're making a mistake by deploying it all to pay off debt. That's right. But they're not, they're forgetting what's on the other side of that. Math. Yeah. (laughs) If you owe $400,000 and you have $400,000 in the bank, that $400,000 is spoken for. That's right. By that mortgage company. Yep. You're not actually free. You don't actually have this giant pile of money because they want their $400,000. Yeah. You're not going to get away from it. So- it's That's fake, part fake of it math. Is, is realizing the reality of it's really not my money. It's yeah. got someone else's name on it. And until they're paid, I'm not truly free. Yeah. You know, I think the hard part is uh, so much of what we teach is not based on math, right? It's based on behavior. It's based on uh, a feeling of freedom. 
this is one that is based on math. Like the math set, like if you, it's a, it's almost its own net worth equation there, right? Because it's like, okay, you've got all this money. You don't really have $600,000 that you think you have. You've got 520 because of this debt. And wouldn't it be nice to have all, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't it be nice for the math to truly math? And you'd be like, you know what? Yes, this money is all mine. The money that I have is all mine. But as long as he's got that debt laying around, it's in his head that, okay, like, 80,000 goes to my car. And then if we pull the mortgage into it, then he's negative, actually. Yeah. Because if he were to take this money and pay off his mortgage. Basic math says he's got 400 liquid cash, 200 in the brokerage. That's 600,000. He mm -hmm. could. Okay, so he could do both. Liquid. So he could still have 70,000 left over after paying off his home, after paying off all these car loans. Yeah. And by the way, if you want to do math, buddy, that car is a depreciating asset. That $80,000 loan well, that's now going to be on a $50,000 car. That's right. You're underwater on. And I know that because we take these calls every day on the show. <laughs> so if I'm you, I'm paying it all off and still I'm going to have 70000 left over. And that's going to feel great. What are you doing with 400000 in the bank just sitting there doing nothing for you? I think people just like to see it. Like you log into your bank good. account and you just like to see that number go up. But that could also be kind of a scarcity mentality. Where it's just kind of this hoarding of like, it'll never be enough. Oh, 100%. That may be that may be a therapy situation more than a financial one. That's also true. You know? I mean, I can If you never had that. money growing up, yeah. you all of a sudden see all these zeros in your bank account and it gives you a sense of security. Yes, yes. Which is great, but you also got to live your life. You got to live your life. And part life. of that is having no debt. And there, with, in his case, this is great because it's a mortgage that he's paying off. This is a forced savings account. So it's not like he's not losing the money he's just shifting it over to another place if you really want to think about it like that's that. that's true jade you know people dog me for paying off our mortgage early mm -hmm. because they went that's so dumb that he paid off a low interest mortgage early haters Do you know what he could have done he could have invested that money and i'm going y'all don't pay my bills okay and they don't sleep in your bed at night that's that is for sure only my dogs get to do that and my wife of course oh, she's oh, there okay. too thank you Whitney. she's there too <laughs> but there's a piece of this equation where you don't know what that freedom's like to not have to pay a lender next yeah. month and the month after that. And the the options we now have to invest way more, Yeah, we're going to be okay. We'll be multi-multi-millionaires. But in the meantime, I want to have no mortgage payment Ooh. So between what you're now saying and retirement. Is, what you're saying is for them, it's a case of they don't know what they don't know. They've never had, they've never owned a house free and clear, so they really can't speak to the feeling that it gives exactly. you when, when the mortgage is well, gone. Well, and like Ooh, Dave always says, hey- Go pay it all off, and if you miss the debt, you can always go get more of it. There you go. So there. try it out, Jeremy. Love I'm that. I'm proud of you, man. You're, you're crushing it, and you could clear all this debt today, mean baby step seven, living and giving like no one else. Good Highly stuff. recommend it. Good stuff. Let's see what Haley from Hartford, Connecticut's talking about. What's going on in your world, Haley? Hi, Jade. Hi, George. How's it going? We're doing well. How are you? Doing fine. Um, so I'm asking on behalf of myself and my husband, um, we're wondering, should we sell our house if we think it was a mistake to buy it? Well, what's you, what's making you think it was, it could be a mistake. Okay. So we bought our house six months ago. Um, and we started listening to Ramsey four months ago. Um, funny so how that works. Really? Right. <laughs> Perfect timing. Um, but basically, we um, we didn't really think it through. We didn't have a budget. We didn't, you know, we didn't follow any of the baby steps yet. And our house is 34% of our monthly take-home uh, pay. Yeah. And uh, it's just, we did buy it under market price, so we could sell it for a little more than we bought it. So we could make 
um, I just met with our realtor and we actually could walk away with about nine to 18 grand based on what it sells for. Mm -hmm. Um, so we're wondering, should we just, you know, we haven't been in our house very long, but should we just, you know, kind of have no shame in saying, Hey, this was a mistake. Let's go back to renting and let's pay off the rest of our debt with the money that we make. Well, let's see how much, how much debt do you have? Um, so we have about, so we are, we're in baby step two. We have our, um, our emergency, our thousand dollar emergency fund. And then, um, we are paying off, we had 10,000 in credit card debt and 18 on a car. So the 10,000 in credit card debt, um, over the past month, we've brought it down to, um, 2,000. Oh, great. Or 8,000. We brought it down 2,000 to 8,000. Oh, okay. Sorry oh, it's 8,000. So 8,000 um, in credit card debt. Yep. And 18 on the car. Okay. What else? Um, that's it. Okay. What's the household income? Um, so our, like before taxes or after taxes? Just gross annual income before taxes. Okay. So I make, um, 48,000 and my husband makes 62. Okay. So we've got a little over a hundred thousand gross and Mm -hmm. you're saying 34% is going to the mortgage. Then we've got all these debt payments uh, I don't think this is like an on-fire sell-the-house-tomorrow situation, but I mm-hmm. would try to increase income for both of you, even that's temporary for the side hustle, because I want you out of debt. you got twenty six grand to pay off now? Um, yeah. Could you do that in like six months if you got real intense? Yeah, so we're doing Instacart and like, um, what's the dog dog sitting, Rover, yeah. um, and... Well, we're talking over I four actually, grand a month going toward the debt. That's aggressive. Yeah. Right now you're doing about two. So we need mm-hmm. to double that. I agree. And if okay. you could pay this off fast, that'll free up some income. And mm-hmm. if you can get keep that income up, that will lower the amount of your take-home pay going towards the house. Now all of a sudden we can breathe yeah. and this house becomes a blessing instead of a burden. Because I mean, a long term, I mean, we, we recommend that your home obviously is no more than 25%. You're at 34. You have right. to ask yourself, what do I need to do to get to find that 9% over the long haul? And what does that look like? And- it's a lot, but it's not a lot. You know what I mean? Can you can you find another $10,000 a year? Can you find another $12,000 a year? Like, what does that look like? You may not want to do Instacart and Rover forever, but how can you get your core income up 9%? And I think if you guys put your heads together and figure out what that looks like, that's really the ticket right. to solving this equation. And I would sell that car before the house Ooh. if we're getting to some dire straits and okay, you're feeling the pinch. Right. I like that. So, so there's an option. Can I ask a follow-up question? Make it quick. Okay, so what if we don't like the house very much? Oh my goodness. That's a whole different question. That's a whole different yeah. question. You may end up selling. I just don't want you to think this is a fire because of the finance side. But That's right. This See, is why we tell people, only buy when you're ready. That's right. Don't get pressured into it. One thing at a time, pay off that debt, try to get your income up, and then we'll fry bigger fish when we get to it. This is The Ramsey Show. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hey, it's Dr. John Deloney, and one of the most common questions I get is how to get something off your chest. A deep secret you've never told anyone, or maybe something that happened to you, something you've done that you're worried about because bringing it to light will disrupt your life, anything. I say this all the time, secrets will kill you, but it's hard to know where to start when it comes to talking about scary, dark things. Therapy can be a safe, effective place to get things off your chest, to learn how to say hard things out loud, and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. 
I've personally been blessed to have a great therapist who helps me get those heavy things off my chest. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's flexible because it's online, so you can suit it to fit your schedule. Just fill out a short questionnaire, you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no extra cost. It's time to get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Deloney today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Deloney. You are listening to The Ramsey Show. I am your host, Jade Warshaw, joined by George Camel, your other host for this hour. Uh, give us a call. The number is 888-825-5225. We'll talk about the things that are on your mind concerning your money. Maybe it's the holidays coming up. Uh, I read a stat, George, that said the average family of four uh, plans on spending about $1,651, $1,651 on Christmas. Just gifts or like food, everything, travel? That's everything, which when you really think about it, especially if you think about travel in the mix, I'm like, that's not bad. But what I what I did draw from that is if you're not on a budget, that will go, that and more will go very quickly. Because I'm like, if you're traveling to grandma's house and you're cooking, you know, Christmas dinner and you've got two kids that you're buying gifts for. And if you're traveling and there's cousins and things like that can get out of control very, very quickly. And you start to shop for yourself too. I do. That's a dangerous game. It is a dangerous game. While I'm here, it's on sale. Might as well. Okay, James, in the booth, here's a poll for you. When you go Christmas shopping, do you do one for them, one for me? One for them. James is too Another selfless. One for he me. Do, do you do that, or do you just like no? I'm sticking to. Them. At the very least, do you at least buy one thing for you? Let's put it like that. I feel like I at least buy one thing for me. Thank you for your honesty, Jade. Uh, You're yeah. looking for some justification here. What do you think, James? Are you asking me personally, or to do a poll like we did Both. the other day? Both. I mean, I try my best to stick to a budget, but it can be tough. So you mean you don't buy another black hoodie? What? I have black hoodies to spare, Jay. Yeah, James' shopping list is real sad and dark, literally. Oh, boy. We got to take a call. Let's go to Ginny in St. Louis, Missouri. What's going on, Ginny? Hi, guys. Um, I'm getting married soon. I'm 55. He's 58. He wants to sell his home and take the 50000 in gain from that sale and apply it to my home, which has a balance of one twenty nine. Um, I think the money should be used differently because I am trying to get out of debt with some other debts and I don't know what to do because I understand why he wants to do that. I just, I just want to do it the right way. Well, it's kind of weird. I, I was expecting, cause I was kind of reading up on your call before we took it and I was thinking, Oh, probably he's trying to take the equity out of his home to pay off her home. But he's this saying he's doesn't sell even, it. but this doesn't he, even clear it. No, no, it'll just be paying fifty thousand down off the one twenty nine that's currently owed. Just well, there's, to get closer to paying the house off. There's a couple problems with this. Um, number one, you're not married yet, so I would not think oh. of doing anything like this or anything else with your money together until after you're married, right? Yes, yes. Okay. It's all going to happen after the fact. Uh, yes. Okay, okay. That gives us some peace. So, is the yeah. idea? What's the idea? Because now you both have homes. You're married. What are you guys attempting? Are you trying trying to get in a situation where one of these houses is paid off and you can rent it? No, no, no. He's going to sell his home and he's going to he'll move in with you. Thousand in equity. He's going to apply it to my home balance. I see. I see. And what is the total debt balance you have, not with the mortgage? I, I have nineteen thousand in a car, 
And then I have a student loan, but I can't pay it off because it's part of a divorce agreement and we equally pay payments towards it. Strange. And you can't pay um, your balance in full? Like a lump sum to cover your section? I can't because the loan's in my name. And it, it's kind of a weird scenario. How much is so it? I, that one is 22000 Is that the total amount or is that your, just your half? No, that's the total. If and I'm not going to lie, if it's in your name, and I might be like try to get with the judge and be like, can I pay this off? And then he pay me back. If we can, we can go there. <laughs> I, I might do that simply because it's in your name. I just don't want this hanging around for 10 more years accruing interest while you're just yeah, chipping away at it. It only has, it only has four years left. So I think, I think I'm not too worried about that one. But well, if I were in your uh, shoes, if you guys get, if, and when you guys get married, I take the 50 K from the sale of his house. I pay off this debt first, including the whole 22,000. And I would do a situation where it's like, Hey, I don't like fooling with this guy. It's in my past. I'm going to get debt free. If you can make it to where he pays me off. Great. But I'm moving on with my life. That's what I would do. That's what Jade would do. And I think that's what George would do too. Yeah. And I like just when you get married, then you guys do the baby steps together. And that means how much money do we have as a couple? All right. We got the thousand dollar starter emergency fund. We have this debt. Let's knock this out with whatever cash we have. Let's build the emergency fund three to six months. Let's start investing. And then any money beyond that, we can throw at the mortgage, which may end up being less than 50. I'm worried about our retirement like position, like where we are. And that was another kind of wrench in this whole picture. Well, that's even more reason to walk it through this way because the the faster you clean up this debt is the faster that you can get three to six months saved is the faster that you guys can really start focusing on the things that are going to build you wealth, which are setting aside some money for retirement and paying off the, your existing home, the one that you guys decide to live in, the one with the 129,000 on it. Okay, so what? you you would agree with me and getting rid of the smaller debt first before yes. starting to think suck away at the house because yes. with that with that, just the car being paid off is another five hundred a month that would just Ooh. go towards the house. Well, and what's going to be the household income once you guys get married? Uh, bring home to bring home will be about sixty two hundred a month. Awesome, that's great. And so, how quickly could you pay off the mortgage? Once you guys are married, you have no debt. We've knocked down the mortgage a little bit with whatever cash is left over. We're talking a few years, well, right? Our goal is five years or less. Boom. And that would be, that would be my goal. We're going to retire when the house is paid off. And over those five years, you're also going to be investing 15% of your income mm-hmm. as soon as this debt's paid off and you have that emergency fund. Do you have anything yeah. in retirement right now between the two of you? Um, uh, between the two of us, it's maybe a little over 100000 but I get a, a, a pension that covers about 75% of my income okay, when great. I retire. Okay. But the big, my bigger... My next question, if I have time, sure. is I have what's called a backdrop coming when I retire to the tune of sixty to 70000 It's a lump sum payment that's given by the state government for every year you work past your normal retirement, uh-huh. and then you get your pension. Okay. Um, that money is taxed unless I roll it over. But I was actually, when I was single, thinking, oh, well, if I have anything left on the house at that time, I'll just pay my house off. Um, but... How would you how would you utilize those funds? When do you get it? I I will get it in well I won't get it till re- retirement which will be eight years. Okay, so I think I, by then you will have be, a paid for house. So yeah. I'd rather roll it and save on the taxes and use that as part of your nest egg. And I just agree. get it as a monthly monthly amount kind of thing. Okay. Yeah, because by then you're going to be debt free, including your house. So you wouldn't need yeah. to roll it to the house. 
Yes, and and the and I was able to work it out so I could live on my income when I retire. So his income will be just on top of that gravy on top. That. I think this is a good plan. And most people find that when they have no payments, it's easier to retire, even if you don't have a huge income and a huge retirement account. And so that's why the focus on decreasing your expenses. I think that's a good point, George, because it's hard. We talked about this earlier. It's hard for most people to imagine a life, number one, where they have no consumer debt, but number two, where they don't have a mortgage. I mean, that's for most people, that's the biggest line item (laughs) next to daycare, the biggest line item on their budget. So imagining a world where it's like, hey, when I get my paycheck, all the money, like all the money goes to me. And when it's like that, when you then step into these retirement years, it's like, well, I suddenly need a lot less to live on because really it's just for those, what, your cell phone bill? You're telling me your cell phone bill is what's going to drain your, you <laughs> your retirement account. You got insurance, your cell phone bill, <laughs> and your Paramount Plus subscription because you got to watch go. iCarly. That's you right. You got to have it, Jade. And you're, maybe you, you, you get a country club membership so you can play pickleball. There we go. You know, some of the luxuries of I want to retire and have so many options. I don't want to retire and be like, oh, we got to now scrimp because we didn't save enough. And part of that's getting rid of the mortgage. And that's why we recommend the 15 year fixed rate Mm -hmm. mortgage. Yes, it's conservative and aggressive. But we found that people who follow the baby steps who do that end up paying off their mortgage in seven years, seven years. So they're not going into retirement with a mortgage hanging over their head and they're figuring out when can I retire? Yeah. They got options. That's the blink of an eye, George. And our millionaire study found 10.2 years was the average amount of time for millionaires to pay off their home. Wow. 10.2 years. And we also found that the average millionaire is not someone who's making over six figures, right? A third These of them never made six figures. Teachers, right? These are accountants. What's the third one? Uh, engineers. Engineers. There you go. I like when we debunk the myths, right? We demystify it and realize, hey, it's actually not crazy at all. It's actually pretty simple. It's just this consistent pattern, paying off debt, investing 15%. It's almost too boring, Jade. They want something more complex and crazy. But that's it. That's how it's done. That's how it's done. This is The Ramsey Show. You're listening to The Ramsey Show. My name is Jade Warshaw. This is George Camel. Make some noise, George. Woo! All right. That's it. That's all you get. I wanted him to know that you were there. I wasn't just talking. You know, the people on the podcast, they don't know. We could tell them anything. I'm rarely asked to make some noise. I will say that much. So I didn't know (laughs) what to do there. Well, we're taking your calls about your life and money. Give us a call. The number is 888-825-5225. And we'll try to help you out. But uh, I do want to tell you guys, number one, I'm so thankful for all of the listeners. I'm thankful for everybody who downloads the podcast, everybody who logs in and checks us out on YouTube. It's it's really just the reason that we're here is you guys, um, and we appreciate your support. And if you're looking for another way to support, something you can do is consider liking, subscribing, and sharing the show with your friends, your family, your coworkers, anybody who you feel like is broke and needs some help. If you're like, wait a minute, I noticed that Joe pulled up in a brand new Lexus. He's got the same paycheck that I have. Something's wrong. Share the show. It's a nice way to do it. Hey, I love this show. You should check it out. Yeah. Thanksgiving is coming up. You're sitting down at the table. Uncle Boo Boo is talking about whole life insurance yet again. Share the show. Do you see what I'm saying? Do you see the train of thought that I'm on here? Like, subscribe, share. When you do that, not only does it help us, not only does it help you, it helps other people, right? It boosts it up in the algorithm. They discover this very, very important resource and they're able to change their life and money because of it. So consider doing that and we would say thank you. All right, let's go to the phone lines. We got Taylor in Kansas City. M-O, that's Missouri, not Kansas. 
All right. What's going on, Taylor? Hey, guys. I appreciate the time. No problem. How can we help? Well, um, my mother-in-law has recently purchased a house here in Kansas City where my wife and I live. And uh, she she kind of was hoping, you know, hey, in the future, I might move back, um, be closer to family and whatnot. And she kind of came to us and said, or not kind of, but she did and said, hey, you know, I think uh, you guys should live there and um, you can live there rent free. Uh, you know, I just, if you guys want the house, um, I just don't want to deal with a renter, um, but you can live there rent free. And so we were like, wow, uh, this gives us an opportunity to kind of um, take our current house that we live in. Um, and then we were just wondering, like, should we do this and rent out our current house that we live in um, and pay that house off? Interesting. So your mother-in-law yeah, doesn't live weird, there? I know. It's a weird. <laughs> it's a Is weird that right? Situation. This is an empty house? Uh, the one that she has? Yes. Yeah. She's not living there with you? No, she she lives a little over an hour away. What was the purpose of her getting the house? Uh, just for hopes of possibly moving back closer to family. So... In the future at some point. What, um, what happens if next, you know, what happens if a year and a half from now she's like, I'm ready to, I'm ready to move back. What happens? Then I, I think we would just move back into our current home that we're in because we don't plan to sell it. Okay. Interesting. Oh, this is a very interesting predicament. Um, I, does she have a mortgage it, on that house? No. Okay, so it's paid for. So she's still paying yeah. insurance and property taxes. Is that just her gift to you? Yeah. And who's yeah. responsible if uh, the HVAC breaks? Uh, so that's that's the kind of thing we don't really know. Like, I'm guessing that you would advise us to get that in writing. A hundred percent. Do you see where I'm going with this, okay. though? Like all these little nooks and crannies that we thought life was going to work out perfectly, and now the roof needs to be replaced. And she goes, "Well, you guys are renting for free. I feel like you should cover it." I don't like the deal. Yeah, I, I, I don't like the deal. Um, because of what George just said, and the the here's another part of it. Um, I feel like when you buy a when you if you purchase a, a piece of property for the purpose of renting it your heart goes in a different place. You're like, whatever, it's not my house. I don't, it's it's for renting. It's to make a profit. When you take what you know will is supposed to eventually be your personal residence and you rent it out, I think that it's not the same house anymore. And you're going to be like, I this dude's been in my bathtub. Like you're, it, it just feels different. And so I think that taking your home that's been your home for a while, then you go live in this other house you let renters rent there for two three years and then you want to go back to it i don't think it's going to be the same place anymore so that's my second reason that i'm not going to say it's i'm not going to say that it's wrong to do because it's not wrong but these are just the reasons that i wouldn't do it what do you think george yeah i mean we've seen worse situations on this show if mother-in-law was living there this would be a different situation If she had a mortgage, this would be a different situation. So there's just a few red flags that make me pause and yeah. go, is this the right move? Do you guys really need the money? Are you trying to pay off debt? Is the mortgage too much for you? You know, what's your financial situation that's driving you to do this other than, hey, free rent, we could make some money renting our place. Mm-hmm. Now, you also become landlords and have the hassle and risk of having tenants. And you're responsible for, you know, a lot of the yeah. things that happen in that house. Right. And that's actually one of the reasons why, because we, you know, I think we would like to eventually become landlords. And so this is kind of a get your feet wet scenario where we don't have a whole bunch invested and it's like something kind of goes wrong. Um, we still have a place to live that we're, you know, doing. Here's a wild scenario. 
I just thought of, Taylor. What if yeah. you got a tenant in your mother-in-law's house and you guys were kind of the property managers? Interesting. Oh. And maybe she gave um, you the majority of the proceeds. That way, you're not oh, having to make this good, move. George. I just it it's two birds one stone here. You get to taste the the waters of the landlord life. You get a little bit of money back. You get a little bit of money back, and uh, the risk is still on her. She needs to know that. And you get to keep your house. But either as way, yours. the risk was on her. If the roof needs to be okay. replaced, it was either going to be on her or on her, not on you or the tenant. So. I would offer that as another scenario versus uprooting your current life. George, that is that's the move. I, I vote that okay. that is the move, Taylor. Okay, there's that's no, what we do in the show. There's Taylor. no downside, and it takes the risk oh totally off of your plate, and it takes anything that could possibly happen uh, with repairs and all this stuff that makes those awkward money conversations right with family where it's like, hey, uh, you know, Grandma, we need some money for the pipes froze. You know, it's just. It's, yeah. It takes that away because the more conversations that you have like that, it just eats into the relationship just a little bit every single time. So I really, George, I think that is a winning, a winning solution. That was good. Thanks, Jade. At least one time a day, I have a decent idea. That was good. I'm going to tell Whitney about that. I'm going to be like, George came through with a great idea today. She'll be shocked. Mark it. Put the tally on next to yes. his name. <laughs> uh, what do you think, George? Can we talk to Julian in I San Antonio? Do Let's do it. What's going on, Julian from San Antonio, Texas? Hi guys. Hi. Good to be on. Uh, well, I'm gonna get straight to it. Um, I'm a I'm a police officer from my county. Uh, I've been there for nine years, uh-huh. and I've built a retirement there. Uh-huh. Now, I have an opportunity to go work as a security guard on security guard at a school district at a higher pay rate than what I am getting paid right now as a police officer. Uh-huh. And safer, um, I gotta assume. Yes. But I am not so sure if I should make the jump because my county has a great retirement system where for every dollar I put, they put two. So you get a, a match? Yes. Two for one. Well, what's your new retirement uh, plan going to be? It's the TRS, the Teacher's Retirement System. Uh-huh. And so they just pull a little uh, of your check and throw it in there? Yeah, they. I was explained that it was years of service times two point three percent times average salary. Mm-hmm. How old are you? And now, thirty five. And how much have you put into retirement thus far? Um, so far that I, like, you're breaking up on us, Julian. Speak right into the phone. Oh, I'm sorry. At thirty three thousand six hundred and seventy seven. Okay. okay. And how much debt do you have? Do you have I, any debt? No, no debt. How much uh, higher paying is this job? Well, right now I get paid twenty forty five an hour, and the other one I possibly be making thirty dollars an hour. Okay, I'm gonna be honest with you. Working somewhere nine years and you're at twenty bucks, I'm taking this leap, man. Me too. And it's safer. It's a safer job. And you can make up for it through retirement. You're 35. You got another, you know, 25, 30 years to start investing. And you'll do that since you don't have any debt. I'm taking this higher pay. Your income is your greatest wealth building tool. And so that's going to supersede this retirement plan, my friend. But thank you for your service to your community. Yeah, that's Appreciate amazing. That. I love that. I love that he has the opportunity. Yeah. Ooh, George, that does it for a this 50% hour. 50% raise right there, Jay. I know, It's a good right? day. It, it is a good day. I love it. That does it for this hour of the show. Be sure to hang with us for next hour. It'll be me and George here with you. We'll see you on the next hour of The Ramsey Show.
Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, it's The Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. I am your host, Jade Warshaw. I am joined by George Camel to my right, and we are taking, there you go, we're taking calls all afternoon about your life, your money, your financial situation, your quandaries, if you will. Ooh. So give us a call. The number is 888-825-5225, and we will do our best to help you out. All right, let's go straight to the phone lines. We've got Judy May, and I'm going to say it like this, Greenville, South Carolina. What's going on, Judy May? Yes. Just to let you know, I have been listening since Ramsey started. Wow. It's been a long time. I have grandkids that are still using his principles. Wow. My That's situation awesome. is uh, in June, I was in a Budgetel motel in Tallahassee, Florida. Uh, couldn't stay the night because there was prostitution going on uh, in the room next to me. Yikes. And there was all kinds of uh, scary stuff going on in the parking lot, packed with people. I left, did not spend the night. Couldn't even, it wasn't even safe to go to the desk to cancel. Yikes. Came back the next morning with family that had spent the night there and they got their money back. Um, but they would not give me my money back because uh, I had paid through budget uh, booking.com Uh-oh. and it would have to go through them. I have been fighting this since June. The uh, hotel has, motel has now changed hands. And the new owners won't make good on it. The old owners wouldn't make good on it. And they're hanging up on me when I call. How much was Booking. their room? It's not willing to do anything. And the um, credit card company um, through Sam's has been trying to do something and not getting anywhere. I don't know what to do at this point. It's $290. For one night? any recourse whatsoever. Wow. Was this a one-night stay or was this multiple nights? It was uh, a three-night reservation. I didn't even spend the first night there. I got back to the motel with family that took me to my uh, motel room at 10 o'clock. Within a few minutes, I knew that it was only going to escalate and be worse in the middle of the night. So uh, I let my uh, um, son came and um, took me back to my car. So basically they what's... Were at, they were at the other end of the motel and it wasn't quite as effective for them, but their motel room was very dirty. Mine was at least not dirty, Ooh. but I couldn't stay there. It wasn't safe. So you paid the 290 You want a refund because yes. this place was terrible and it's frustrating you that book that... Okay, what was the name yes. of the hotel? You said Budgetel? It was Budgetel. It has now been changed to OYO Motel in Tallahassee. So what you're saying uh, to the public it. is don't stay at OYO Motel in Tallahassee. Exactly right. Thank you for so, the PSA, if nothing else. Let me tell you, let, can I just put, set your mind at ease, Judy May? You coming yes. on this radio show and telling these millions of folks not to stay at OYO is worth more than the $290. <laughs> you That's just, I was hoping. you jacked up a little that. bit. <laughs> for that one person who's on booking.com That's right, right now going, OYO. Yeah, so oh. if, if, just just understand that, number one. Um, Your best bet, <sighs> yeah. I mean, of course... You can try booking.com and try to escalate it a thousand times up to, you know, That's supervisors right. and management. You can keep going back to the hotel and explaining. You can mm-hmm. go to the credit card company and, and keep trying to get the charge back. Mm-hmm. Those are your three best bets here. You can report, you know, a claim on Better Business Bureau's website and the business has to they respond don't even to respond. that. I did that. They don't even, they, uh, they don't respond to me at all. Okay. I've tried numerous times. Here's the problem. At the end of the day, at some point, your time is worth something, isn't it? Yes. 
So at yeah. some point do we go, all right, listen, we've expended 18 hours worth of energy. Now I get yeah. that the, based on principle, you're, you're willing to fight this thing till your last breath. But mm-hmm. <laughs> there may not be a day where Judy May gets her full $292 back. Unless someone who works at Booking.com goes in the chats and says, Judy May, contact me. I'll help you out. So if you work at Booking.com and you can help her out. Make this right. Or you work at OYO and you, you can help her out. Hit up the chats and say, Judy May, come holler at me. I'll make this right for you. But I, I agree with George. At some point, you've got to just go. This is back in chalk June. Chalk it up to a loss. So the longer the time yep. goes on, the harder it's going to be to get it back. Yeah. So I'm sorry yeah. you're going through this, Judy May. That's a real bummer. I, I'm especially, I get rowdy at bad customer service <laughs> situations like that. And I'm the guy who fights for the refund. My wife is in the car going like, I can't even be in that situation. I get it. But I get it. I, look, I angry. would be like her. I, I hate when something I forked over my money for does not turn out the way. Yep. Also, cancel the Sam's Club credit card, Judy May. Come Good on. Call. You've been listening to us for too long. Good call. Cut Ooh. that and say, hey, I'm canceling because y'all treated me like this. That's reason number one. Number two, Dave said no. I love it. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. That's crazy. Um, Sorry, I'm thinking about that. $290. I mean, three nights. It ain't you're, you're ticked off because you're like, I... I planned on being somewhere for three nights. She had to stay somewhere else. So that's some other money forked away, plus a 290. And then everybody's pointing. It's like that Spider-Man thing where they're all pointing at the other person. No, it was him. No, it was Booking.com. No, it was OIO. And at some point, is this worth taking a small claims court and getting lawyers involved to try to get this money? It's not. Probably not. It happens to the best of us. We all get in these situations. And at the end of the day, you just have to be like, well... Lesson learned. Lesson learned. Number one, book direct. That's an important note for a lot of people out there. Some of these websites, you have trouble when it's through a third party. I I never use them. I almost never use them. And if I do, and this is not a, none of this is plugs or ads for anything, by the way. I always go on TripAdvisor first. Look up the reviews. And look at the reviews. And for me, it's the photos. When it comes to a hotel Actual user photos, not the one uploaded. Actual user photos. That's what I want to see because they will show you the photos from the day the hotel was renovated, uh, you know, on the actual hotel.com, you know, on the And it's not the actual website. room you're getting. It's like, here's no. our sample room at, the, at its peak. And I want to see, I want to know, did anyone find a bug? I want to know, did anyone see a hair on their pillow? Because I, <laughs> all it takes is one. That's all I need to know about. And I'm moving on. That's true. But I you can also, on. when you when you find the best deal, then mm-hmm. call the hotel directly and say, hey, I found this deal they'll generally match it. They want your business. They don't want to have to give a cut to the third-party website. So That's a there's really a little pro tip for you guys out there. As you're booking whatever it is, you can uh, skip the third-party sites and book direct and tell them, hey, match this price and I'll, I'll give you my business. Hmm, I like that hack. Do you have any more of that, George? Any there's more so much travel more, hacks out there? I mean, we could be here all day talking travel hacks. There's a few good uh, you know, apps and things like that that can help you find the best deals. But I found one of the best ways is... You know, you want to, if you're booking flights, for example, yeah. there might be a time when that flight becomes cheaper. And so with Southwest, for example, I showed Ken Coleman this hack and he instantly saved hundreds of dollars and he was like, thank you so much. So Inquiring if you book a, a Southwest flight for $300, yes. next week it may be $200. So if you go in and you rebook on Southwest for that same flight, don't cancel it, just change it, rebook that same flight, you'll get the $100 back in credit or to your card. So it's not you booking an additional flight and then going and canceling the other one. It's you taking that existing flight, rebooking it. That's it. Is Southwest the only one that does that? That's the one I've used. There may be others that do it, but it's an easy way. I wish they would just tell you, hey, 
The flight is cheaper, and we're going to refund you the difference. That would be really nice. I mean, that would be really nice. If so I owned an airline, that's what I would be doing, Jade. <laughs> so we got to stay on top of it is what you're saying. You got to yes. stay on top of what you're spending. The best hacks always have some effort involved, that's but right. they're always worth it. Oh, I love it. I hate what happened to Judy May, but Sad. it happens to the best of us. Thanks for the hacks, George. Thanks for the tips to save money. You're this welcome. is The Ramsey Show. Fake it till you make it. It's popular career advice, but it doesn't work for very long. If you don't love what you do, you can't fake the enthusiasm and energy you need to win at work. You also can't fake your physical health and energy. Everybody knows we should eat more fruits and veggies, but fruit chews and veggie chips don't count. If you aren't winning physically, I promise you're limiting your opportunities to win professionally. Folks, I know you're going hard right now to pay off debt and get ahead professionally. You need another gear. And that's why Balance of Nature will help you. They help me. They give me the benefits of fresh, whole fruits and veggies in just seconds. The blend of 31 different fruits and veggies is powdered in an advanced process that locks in the nutrients. So go to balanceofnature.com and enter the promo code RAMSEY to get 35% off your first order and lock in a lifetime price as a preferred customer. That's balanceofnature.com with the promo code RAMSEY for 35% off your first order. You are listening to The Ramsey Show. I am Jade Warshot, your host. I'm joined by my co-host today, George Camel. George, by the way, you have a new book out. Am that I correct? That is true. Yes, it's on pre-sale right now. It's called Breaking Free from Broke. Jade, you're like the Vanna White over here. Here it is. I got it I'm ready. excited about this. This is my experience following the baby steps for 10 years, going from broke to millionaire, and helping so many people avoid the traps. Some of them I fell for, and some of them I've helped other people avoid. Um including credit scores, credit cards, student loans, auto loans, mortgages, investing traps. I break it all down with research, humor, empathy, hopefully some wisdom, and then I show you how to break free from that toxic system. Um, and it's it's a really fun... I tried to make this like candy while putting some meat on the bones at the same time. Put some meat on the bones. So I'm, I'm excited just, about it. You really slid by the fact that you went from broke to millionaire. I mean, you just said that like, like it wasn't sure. a... How fast did you do that? That took a decade. And so this wasn't overnight. Wow. There was no life hacks. I literally, this is so boring, Jade. I just followed the baby steps. I got out of my consumer debt. It was $40,000 in debt. Yes. Started in, you know, my got my emergency fund, started investing for the future in my company 401k. I met my lovely bride, Whitney, who works yeah. here. We got married completely debt-free. We had a big down payment. We paid off our house real early. Yes. And all of a sudden, you just look up and you add the numbers and you go, we have a household net worth of over a million dollars in our early 30s. I like it. And so I just want to show people, I didn't come from money. You know, my job here at Ramsey was not personality up until a year or two ago. So Mm -hmm. people go, he's making a million dollars. I was not and I am not. Uh, But, you know, (laughs) Dave, if you're out there listening, make it happen. So I just want to show people that it's still possible in America today, even as difficult as it feels with today's economy and the housing market and all the reasons you could say, I'm not going to get ahead with money. Yeah, It's possible. The little man can get ahead and this book proves it. I love that. And you know what? 10 years, 10 years, you can see that as, oh my gosh, that's such a long time. But in my mind, when we're talking about net worth millionaire status, that is so short the time, the time that you accomplish that, George. So very good. Well, part of it is having a spouse that's on board. So I know that's a, that. that's a big piece of it. And you and Sam, that was a big piece of your story, paying off that's over right. half a million. And I'm that's excited right. to tell people about your brand new quick read. Coming Le- out December 5th, Jade, you beat me to the punch. Let me get it right here, It's called here, Money's George. Not a Math Problem. Boom. And uh, you uncover all the lies we tend to believe when it comes to money and budgeting. And you help us uh, get the right mindset around it. Because we right. know. 
personal finance, 20% knowledge, 80% behavior. All day. So it's not really about the numbers at the end of the day. It's about your behavior and mindset. And uh, you share your story in this book and you help others get on the plan. And what's cool is with both of these books, if you pre-order, you get three months of the premium version of every dollar totally free if you're a new user. So whether you get Jade's or mine, uh, you get those free three months. And we got all kinds of pre-sale assets to convince people to buy. And I say it's the holidays. I say go on ahead and pick them up. Pick up both of them. Yeah. And Mine's 20 bucks to pre-order. Yours is 10 bucks. 10 bucks, yeah. So 30 bucks all in and you got some life change on your hands. Life change on your hands. Yes, I love that. And we're younger and more energetic than Dave. Well, maybe not more energetic. That guy can outrun me on a, on a bad day. But I, 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 I think we bring a youthful... We bring a youthful energy. We do. To our books and to what we do. And I think if you got younger people in your life, millennials, Gen Z, you know... This is the book for them. And we have hair. So there you go. All right. Let's head it straight to the phone lines. We got JD in Seattle, Washington. What's going on, JD? Hi. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, Speak directly into your phone. I had a hard time hearing you there. Can you hear me better? I can. What's going on? So recently I lost my grandfather and about a week later, my grandmother was in a really bad car accident. I had to fly across the country yeah, to facilitate like the funeral, and then I moved my grandmother into assisted living, um, and also just finished selling their house. Actually, closed this week. Um, my my mother is fully dependent on my grandparents financially, and with the profits from the sale of their house, my grandma wants to use uh, the money to buy my mother a small condo. Now, I'm her power, my grandmother's power of attorney for a lot of things. I'm worried about. Uh, my mother's financial irresponsibility. And if we buy something for her and her name, or if we do probate, there may be some issue that are, if we put in my grandmother's name, mm-hmm. we go through probate later on, that may lead to some issues. So the, my main concern is uh, my sister and I want, cannot financially have the capabilities to support my mother down the line. So kind of trying to get advice as to what you think would be the best route, especially with getting her a condo. So when your grandmother sells her house and goes to assisted living, how much, what's the take home off the sale of the house? So we got, um, they made around 200 and over 200,000 from it. And of which um, I, my grandmother, her assisted living is paid for. Okay. I was going to um, ask. By, by pension. And my concern is her, my grandmother's pension um, covers just her assisted living and no additional expenses. And won't increase over her the rest of her life. Okay, so the so, pension is just enough to cover her stay there. It doesn't account for anything else. Correct. And what are what are some other potential co- uh, uh, expenses that you see with her stay? At ex- I could, could see in the future her going into memory care if you know if that's necessary. Um, I sadly live on the other side of the country. My sister does mm-hmm. uh, does as well, and my mom is just not really capable of helping so what would it look like if we took this two hundred thousand and we parked it somewhere and we said this is this is money to take care of grandma aside from the pension because if you if you foresee that you need that money it feels like that's maybe the better use of this and then you know when grandma's when grandma goes to heaven whatever money is left you guys can decide is that used to help mom buy a condo now or what do we do with that I, that was my first instinct, too. However, my mom would not have a place to live. Um, before my grandfather passed, they were paying for not only her rent, but her living expenses. Why? She, um, many years ago, 
um, she never was able to fully, I guess, recover from my, their, her divorce from okay. my father. And um, when her alimony finished, when I turned 21 and I'm now 24, uh, she never got back on her feet fully. When you say recover, is this just a financial thing or is there anything else in, involved in that recovery? Is she disabled physically? She is not. Um, she's not. It's just she's had a very hard time finding a job to stick to is one way of putting it. How um, old is she? She's in her uh, early 60s. What happens if she lives to be in her 90s? Who's going to cover the tab for the next 30 years? Yeah, that's one of my my big worries as well. <laughs> I think we need and, to help mom get on her feet, even if it's difficult, because that's the best long-term plan for her. Aside yeah. from the situation with grandma's money and do we buy her a condo, this feels like just more enabling, and I want to give your mom some dignity of having a life and having right. some purpose to get up every day. Yeah, we've we've tried to work on that too um, with her. So I guess it's just uh, the reality I find myself in is accepting the state kind of and not really knowing how to best. Well, is your mom going to be in that way? Is your mom going to live on the streets if you don't buy her a condo, or do, do you have faith that she will? F- figure out i have faith that she'll, she'll probably figure out a, a living situation whether it's renting a place on her own or figuring out a roommate situation if she can't afford to live on her own um there's part of this where uh the cord kind of has to be cut or she's got to get kicked out of that nest so to speak and it's like hey you've got to figure out how to land on your feet because it's not just that we're trying to be um rude or ugly or mean to you but we've got to take care of grandma and we don't yeah. have that much. It's, it's not like we're talking about a million bucks sitting here. It's $200,000, which can be gone lickety split um, and may not even be, you know what I'm saying? Like there's there's bigger fish to fry in this situation. So when you go to your grandmother and you say to her, grandma, I know what you want to do. And I know you're trying to be generous, but we don't even have enough money to fully take care of you. We need to keep this money to take care of you um, during your, your final years. Does she have the wherewithal to understand that at this point? She does. Yeah, she's very, um, she wants, she knows my, how my mom is, how irresponsible she is. Right. And, and I do think that she would, you know, that's a concern of mine, like you mentioned earlier. What does she do? Yeah, if she yeah buying this condo is just a Band-Aid. It it's doesn't a actually fix the problem, and there's going to be more expenses, and there's no more money. Now grandma's out of money and can't support her. That's right. So we've got to figure out a different solution. I'm sorry, J.D., you you had to grow up real fast, man, at 24 to be handling all this. I'm proud of you, and I'm sorry all at the same time. Yeah. Get with a SmartVestor Pro and get that $200,000 invested so that you guys can use it for her care. This is The Ramsey Show. You're listening to The Ramsey Show. I'm your host, Jade Warshaw, joined by your other host, George Camel. And we have been given permission to get wild and crazy, George. Really? Yes. From who? Will Rudder, who's over there in the production booth. I'm calling him. I'm naming names, Will. This is The Ramsey Show. Give us a call. The number is 888-825-5225. We try to have a good time in between taking your calls about your life and money. Um, So do give us a call. Try to get in there, get in that queue, and we will hear from you and try to help you as best we can. But in the meantime, uh, George, I find this to be very interesting. Uh, From time to time, they pull some articles and want us to kind of react to it and talk about it. And I love this one. It says new American tipping culture is confusing, frustrating, 
a study finds. I thought there was going to be one more adjective. Yeah, there it felt like it was going to be a trio. They re- really let me down, Washington Post. I was Post. trying to do a Johnny Cochran moment and it failed. But the state of a tipping in America is, in a word, a mess. Americans are divided and confused over when to leave gratuities and how much to tip for all kinds of services. According to a new study published Thursday by Pew Research Center, many don't like recent trends such as these added service fees and suggested tipping amounts. Uh, tipping is one of those things in American society where there just aren't clear rules, they said. There's not a single generally accepted way of doing things, like with traffic lights, where we all know that red means stop. Whew. We call it tipflation, George. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people are just, the consumers are just expected to pay gratuities. 72% say tipping is expected in more places today than it was five years ago. Part of that is due to technology, right? I mean, you see the, the iPad, they can just add this into the software, bada bing, bada boom. They don't have to pay the workers as much because the consumer gets to take on the brunt of that wage increase. Well, the worst part is where I come from, I mean, and I'm talking about food specifically and service, where I come from, you need to get a chance to see if you need a tip, right? Oh, like yeah. you need a chance Service to see, first. was it good? Like, of course you go to a restaurant, let's be clear. You go to a restaurant, you must tip. Like the, the minimum is 15% at a restaurant. But if you did a great job, I'm going above and beyond. I love tipping at restaurants. But if I go to a place uh, like the coffee place I went to the other day, which will you remain stand, nameless. You're standing in line, you get to the counter, I haven't even seen order, it yet. And then they go, it's just going to ask you a few questions. I don't even know. Did you get the order right? We and let me tell you what happened the other day right quick. I go to a coffee store, which shall remain nameless, place my my order, sit down, get the order. And I had ordered a smoothie. And I said, um, may I have a straw, please? She said, we don't have any straws. I said, well, how am I supposed to drink the smoothie? She goes, you could use a spoon. Oh, and I said, well, I wish you had told me that before I ordered it because I would have ordered something different. She rolled her eyes at me. I said, oh, no, she didn't. How can you run a coffee shop and not offer straws? How are you going to roll my eyes at (laughs) my eyes? How are you going to roll your eyes at me when I just gave you my hard earned money? I don't want to be on that side of Jade Warshaw. I'm just saying you see what I'm saying. If I had tipped first, I would have been right back there and been like, let me have my give me my five dollars back because you eye rolled at me. Yeah, that's a tough one. For sure, um, there's a and it's there's a lot of confusion too. People, we I think we all want to be decent, good human beings. Yes. We're not trying to be, you know, jerks and stingy. But at some point, we have to just go. I'm not going to tip for when I it didn't require a tipping situation. No, I got my own frozen yogurt. I put it in the well, cup now it's myself. Self checkout. My, Somebody yes. self checkout asking for a tip. You order something online, a piece of furniture, and it's like, hey, you want to tip the crew? Yeah. No, you have to build in their their own income into the product that you're selling me yeah but it feels so silly that it's gone way beyond just a service hospitality situation and more i think the i think the most um the the craziest part is it's that it's before the fact i think that more industries probably could ask for tips like i'm not mad for saying hey did you like your service show show us you appreciate us but can you just please do it at the end can you do it after the fact that's for me that's really where the differential is, is well, let, me the te- suggested let me see gratuity, the service first. It's now gone up. It starts at 20 and then it goes up 30, 50%. No. Yeah. And some coffee shops have just started doing, you want to tip 
one buck, three bucks, or five bucks. Yeah. And like my they order. They don't show you the percentage. My order was two dollars. Yeah. Because they, they, they're playing with your psychology. You go, oh, one dollar, that's not a lot. Or five bucks, that's not bad. But when you look at the percentage on something that was. It could have been a 38% tip. That's right. Hey. Yeah, that's this is a tough one. Do you tip on to go orders? What's your take on to go? If it's a <laughs> if it's a to go order that I have to that I still have to get out of my car and go in and pick it up, I probably won't tip much because I'm like I did everything. Like you didn't do much different. Now if it's one of the car services where it's like I just pull up and you bring it out, I'll tip on that. That's fair. Like I'll tip extra on that because yeah. I'm like if I still have to get out of my car and go in, I'm still doing like you're still doing the most. There's a lot now. I will say somebody told me they were like, well, Jade, they have to put it in the boxes and they have to do that. I'm like, but they were gonna put it on a plate. Are you telling me cardboard? You can't is win. more work can't than win just putting it on people, a glass Jade. plate. I'm just everyone's saying. gonna be upset at you, but you know we love generosity. What I hate is yes. forced generosity, which is very very different. That's right. And at the end of the day, there's a lot going on because we've got inflation, right? And then there's the fact that you're choosing to go off site, like go out of your home and get food anyway. So you're paying more. And then you add the tip on top of something that you were like, Hey, I was trying to go the cheap route. Like there's a reason that we didn't go to Chili's cause I didn't want to do a tip. Right. And now That's why I'm doing takeout is cause I don't want to sit there and get service yes. and then have to pay an extra 15%. And that used to be a tip of saying, Hey, I'm just going to do takeout instead of sitting into the restaurant. Mm. And now they're taking, they're taking it away from us. George. The latest one, I got a health fee added to my bill at a restaurant, nice restaurant. And it said health fee. And so I looked into it and it said, hey, you're you're supporting the health care for the workers here. And I went, well, that's the employer's job to cover health care if that's what they want to do. Interesting. So they're subsidizing it through uh, the consumers. That's interesting. No. What I, a time to be alive. It, it doesn't make sense. I'll tell you right now. I will always tip when I get my nails done. Always. There you go. Because it's absolutely important to do that. I will always tip when I go to a restaurant because it's absolutely important to do that. I will always tip uh the instagram or not instagram instacart uber you know people who deliver your groceries someone who went to costco on a saturday for me yeah and went to my house and brought me my 32 pack of water That's you right. know they're getting a tip yeah because i order you know you got boxes of pull-ups like expensive like heavy things and i kind of live out in the boondocks so it's like oh. you're driving on these crazy roads that's commitment you know but like to play devil's advocate why like why are those things just default you tip them like do you I, tip your your like guy that changed your oil change like he he did a service no. that's what i mean like it's so yeah, arbitrary where, where do you draw the line that's well a good point. lucky for you james we have a fantastic article on our website called how to tip in all situations and it's a very helpful guide and right in there stitched in is a youtube video i did on tipping so we will link that in the show notes and description wherever you're watching so you can go check out that article but it, it's a very uh, in-depth article and it goes through situations where you may tip and maybe you don't need to tip. Well, to James's point, I kind of think where it started is if you're 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 on a wage, right? A, a small salary that they pay you. And it's just kind of known, hey, this salary is low. You really are working on tips. So I think I think I've just kind of felt that, okay, if you're let's say you're a hairdresser, you might be in one of those situations where you're paying rent to own that booth. Right. And so then the money that comes, like if you do my hair, part of that fee goes to the, oh, the owner right. the of the place or whatever. And so, yeah, my thought is like, okay, like you're not, you're probably really not earning much off the $60 that you're costing for my hair. Let me tip just to make sure. Same thing with nails. It's like, I think there's just, you kind of know, okay, they're probably not making 
Like I, I feel like I have to fill in the gap. Same thing with servers at a restaurant. Interesting. Like, but James has a good point. I mean, I just tipped my barber today, Jade. I don't know if you can tell. Yeah. But I it didn't tip good. the guy who did the oil change. You know? That's Why is that? That was It's a hands-on job. Look, they should have gotten in when the getting was good back in the 80s. They did. That's true. <laughs> Time to switch careers. Back in the 70s when, uh, when we set the rules, they should have... Well, at the end of the day, it's exhausting and always tip when you can, That's but right. never feel like you're forced to do it. At that point, you're not doing it for the right reasons anyways. When yeah. You're forced to tip on the screen, the 20% button. Yeah. So... That's Skip true. it with a smile and say, have a good day. That's right. That's and there's you. no shame in that game. No shame. No shame whatsoever. And you know, this is my favorite time of year. The holidays are my favorite time of year to do an extravagant tip. Ooh, if yeah. you've never done it and you can afford to do it, go out to dinner, have a normal dinner, and then just leave $100 extra you in that little it. envelope and try to get their reaction. This is The Ramsey Show. All right, let's cut to the chase. It's easy to get discouraged about crazy house prices and interest rates. But when you have the right real estate agent to help you buy and sell the right way, you'll have confidence to make smart decisions. Ramsey trusted agents aren't just experts who guide you through buying or selling. They're someone you can trust to have your back from the first call to closing day. Find a Ramsey trusted agent near you at RamseySolutions.com slash agent. RamseySolutions.com slash agent. This is The Ramsey Show. I'm Jade Warshaw, joined by George Camel. Please give us a call. The number is 888-825-5225. We'll talk about what's concerning you by way of your money. What are you perplexed by? What is causing you to feel distraught? What is keeping you up at night? We want to talk about those things, help you work through it, help you walk through it. Let's go straight to the phone lines. We have Item. She is in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. What's going on, Item? Hi, uh, thank you for taking my call. So recently, me, my husband, and my animals all we moved from Florida to Louisiana, mm-hmm. and we've been renting because we were not able to tour any places. Sure. And so we found a place that is it was really nice. The rent is really cheap. But for the past three weeks, we have this neighbor that smokes marijuana, which we have nothing against it, but it's just so strong that it gets in her clothes. Yes, get in the house, get her baby, like it wakes up in the middle of the night. Mm -hmm. So we're struggling. Yeah, so we're struggling between paying out this contract, which is around $1,200, and move to a different apartment or buy a house. And is it, let me, or just, it's legal there, right? So it's, for medicine purpose, it's legal. And okay. we already talked to the lenders. We They already had a meeting with the uh, narcotic police, and yeah. there's nothing they can do. I, that, I think, yeah, because, shoot. They won't move you yeah. to a different unit? Uh, probably no. Why not? We have to pay out the contract. Well, they for what they're saying, there's just nothing they can do. Like We already have like, three different calls with them, and they're just... It's really simple not, what they can do. They move you to a different unit yeah, at no charge. You're not, not breaking money. the lease. You're still a, a renter there. I would fight okay. them and say, I got a baby here. This is a medical situation for my family now that yeah. puts us at risk and in danger. And so we don't want to make this any more difficult than it has to be. All we're asking is that you move us to a different unit. It's that simple. Uh-huh. And if they get funky fresh, I'd get funky fresh by starting to make threats about getting my lawyer involved. Exactly, because that was my next question. Like, if they are, like, literally, there's nothing else, like, moving us uh, to a different apartment, like, I don't know if 
I will, I will lose money if I hire like an attorney. Yeah, I don't like, want you to. I don't want you to pay a dime right now. But I think we need correct. to escalate this with the apartment and go. This is a bleaker situation than you guys realize. Especially if yeah. there are other units. If they're if they're if it's one of two things. If they're like, hey, we're full. We don't have any other units. Then I could see them trying to figure, you know, trying to hold that over you. Or if they're like, we don't have mm-hmm. any comparable units to the the one that you're in, you would have to upgrade or pay the difference or whatever that is. But if you know for a fact that there's open units, then you've got to push, 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 push. Because the fact is you do have a baby and this is not yeah. good. No one's going to try to tell me that this is okay for your baby to inhale, especially at the point right. where it's in the smell of your clothes. Oh. You guys have to show up for work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a real thing. So... I would keep pushing very, very hard. Um, don't stop paying rent because the moment you stop paying rent, then you're putting yourself in a a legal, you know, a bad legal yeah. footing. But I keep when, when pushing. When does your lease up? So we, we just moved in. We moved in three weeks ago. Oh, man. So it's going to be 12 months. 12 months lease. That's not going to work. We need to find a yeah. different situation. Either they need to let you out of this lease for free or they find you a different unit. Now in the or mean- else this is going to be escalated. In the meantime, while you're pushing through this, is there something you can look at by way of like an air purifier that you can keep in your, you know, at least in the baby's room somewhere to, to work through the air in your own apartment? Yeah. So right now we're kind of uh, basically just like sleeping in the living room because we cannot even get into our master room or like nothing at all. Oh my God. And they tell us we can put a, like a blanket over. No. Uh, Somewhere in the bathroom. Have they walked into but your apartment yet? It's not going to work. Has no, the staff walked in? You need to say you're coming no. with me right now into this apartment. Yeah, so they said that maintenance walk around the apartment. They smelled something. They smelled the weed, but they couldn't figure out who it was. So there's nothing. Like, they, they couldn't figure out who it is. I thought yeah. we just talked about they've had a meeting about it, and this person is, you know, not committing any crimes here, and they can't do anything. Yeah, this doesn't sound right. You know exactly who it is. Yeah. Have you confronted the neighbor? I was going to ask that. So they tell us not to because they don't. So they said not to because they're having problems. They're trying to figure out who it is because they do smell it on the. Because there's like only six uh, people in this, like right now in this uh, building. Well, that narrows and it down. If it, exactly, so oh, they said they sent a letter wow. to all six of us, but they still don't know who it is. Only, that's their, that's only you can, only you can judge whether you would feel comfortable doing this. But if I had an idea of who it was. I'd probably mm-hmm. approach them and I'd say, I have a young baby and yeah. your habit is really making it difficult for us. And the landlord, yeah. I'm working on it because you you deserve to have your life and I deserve to have mine. But yeah. is there any way that we can, that you can work with me until I'm able to work with them to get moved? Is there any way that you can help me out yeah. with this? And it look, they might decide to be like, you know, who are you? I, I care less, you know, and that's, you know, but it can't hurt to ask if you feel comfortable even speaking with them. And if yeah, it so were me, I'd, I mean, I'd ask nicely. I wouldn't get in their face and be like, look. Yeah, not a confrontational like, would, situation. And I think some, there's something about being like, I've got a young, how old's your baby? An eight-month-old. Like, I have an eight-month-old. And my eight-month-old is waking up coughing to the smell of your marijuana. Can you please help me out? Mm-hmm. And I I would be, I'd be reading that, that lease agreement. I'd be looking up the laws in your county, in your state, to go, yep. what are the protections to provide a clean environment if I'm a renter here paying this bill? And uh, if they're not making good on that, they're going to have problems. Yeah. And so this is your time to start reading the fine print and uh, potentially working with a lawyer to settle this thing and 
I hope you can remedy it or at least get out of there and find a different apartment. I'm so sorry you're dealing with this, Item. Honestly, I'd reach out. Item, if I were you, I would start reaching out to my friends in my network. I'd be like, who in my friend group is a lawyer? Whose brother-in-law is a lawyer? Whose grandma is an attorney? I and I'd be like, can you just ask, is what would they charge me just for them to write me this letter, this this threat basically um, to help me out and and find out without really getting involved, just something that's going to make them feel like, oh, we got to move and we got to do this quickly, um, so that you can bluff but not really bluff your way into getting this done faster. That's what I would do. If I were you, oh, I hate that that's happening, but thank you for the call. That's yeah. crazy. And one last solution is you ask the neighbor and say, listen, there's a shared wall here, the room you're smoking in. Can you at least go smoke in a different room that doesn't have a shared wall and ventilation so that we mm-hmm. can alleviate this problem? And wow. if they're unwilling to do that, then we got to escalate this. That's just a terrible situation. What, what is wrong with people? I don't know what's wrong. I mean, common decency. Common decency. The thing is, like, you don't know if it's medicinal. Like, it's... I don't want to say it's probably not, but it's probably well, there's not. There's a lot of people skirting that law. I think there's we can all agree there. Skirting that law, but it's. I agree with you, George. I would try everything I could if I thought it was them. I come over, I'd be like, I have this air purifier. You know, if you can just smoke next to that, that would help me a lot. So my my, my eight month old kid, I would be trying everything. I would go, like I said, to my parents, to my friends, anybody. I'd be like, do you have a, a friend who's a lawyer that can just look at my situation right quick because. I think we all know somebody that knows somebody, right? It's just like one or two degrees away that mm. would be willing to help out in a situation like that. Oof. I'll tell you this, Jade. I, I don't miss the days of renting apartments. Me either. It was for a season. Me either. Oof. I hope that they can get that sorted out soon because that really stinks. But let's let's kind of try to shift the mood here, George. Because Thank you. We need that. That was a downer. Let's go to an upper, if you will. Because I want to talk to these people about the Ramsey Christmas Cash Giveaway. There we go. All right. That's 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 more like it. Ramsey Cash Giveaway is here. I'm talking about Christmas Cash. Guys, we are giving away $5,000, which is a lot of money, especially when you're trying to get your Christmas shopping done. But the best part is you can enter to win every single week. And every week we're giving away $500. So it's like leading up to it, you get 500 500 500 And then if you win, you get the grand prize of 5000 and real people win this stuff, JP. Real, uh, real people, yes. I see our team get to contact them, and it's a lot of fun. That's awesome. So all you have to do is go to RamseySolutions.com slash giveaway, and that's where you can enter, like I said, enter every week to win 500 and then at the end, you'll be put in the drawing to win the $5,000. I yeah. love that. And we got the $12 sale going. That's right. While you're at there, check R- out the $12 RamseySolutions.com slash store. We've got some of our best-selling books on there, including some new arrivals like Jade's new book, Money's Not a Math Problem, my new book, Breaking Free from Broke. Mm-hmm. Rachel's got a wallet and Navy. It's beautiful. The 2024 Gold Planner, mm-hmm. all kinds of things. RamseySolutions.com slash store. That's right. All right. Thanks for hanging with us. That does it for this hour of The Ramsey Show. Come back and join us for the next hour of The Ramsey Show. We'll see you there. Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, it's The Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. I am Jade Warshaw. I am joined by George Campbell, and the two of us will be your hosts for today. Give us a call. The number is 888-825-5225. Those phone lines are open. Christian will screen your call, and we will talk to you about what's going on in your life. And just to be clear, this is a money show, but um, 
it intersects with so many things in your life, your career, your marriage, your relationships, so many issues are affected uh, with your money. And so we understand that. So give us a call. We'd be happy to talk with you about that. Let's go straight to the phone lines where we've got Joe in Jacksonville, Florida. What's going on, Joe? Hey, I was calling in. I was wondering, um, how do I go about dating when I come from an affluent family? Um, you know, many girls' parents will see me as a big dollar sign instead of seeing me for who I am. Mm. And I was wondering, I was wondering what your thoughts are, because I face that problem with many families. Is how, your, how do they know? That's what I was going to say. Um, you know, usually when you meet a girl's parents, they ask you what your parents do for work, which is a very um, normal really? thing to ask somebody. And then when you tell them, can you, we, you come from, a, yeah. Can we ask you what, what do your parents do for work? Um, well, it's more of my family. Um, I, I have multiple cardiologists in my family between my cousins and everyone. Okay. So that's, uh, and that's your leading talking point when you're on a date? I don't understand how your whole family comes up in this situation. Well, um, not when you're on a date, but when the girl brings you around her parents. And what's your, okay, yeah. so what's your family's net worth? Like just your immediate family, what's the net worth of your parents? Um, it's substantial. <laughs> well, like Very. 10, 10 million, 20 million? Uh, yes. Okay. So I would not have garnered that just from you talking to me. I would have thought, oh, they're doctors. That's great. Um, if, if, if I said to you, Joe, what do your parents do? And you said, oh, they're in the medical field. And I said, really? Uh, well, what do they do in the medical field? If you said, oh, my dad's a heart surgeon and my mom's a anesthesiologist. Real talk. I would be like, okay, they got some coin. Like, I would just derive that, but I don't think that I would even think to ask further. I wouldn't go really. So how has that calculated? So how are they getting to the point of knowing, does your family have a name that people recognize in yes, the community? That's correct. Yes. In Jacksonville, Florida. Okay. So is there a name on a hospital or something like that? Yes. Yes, it is. I, I see. Okay. So it's much more obvious than you having to bring it up and talk about it. Exactly. That's, that's well, what correct. does the, well, the family have to do with it? What is your fear going into this? They see you as a dollar sign. What does that mean to you? Well, it, it just really uh, worries me because I have to wonder what they're telling, what, you know, the girl's parents are going to tell their daughter when I'm not around. Um, you know, what. Um, like, don't let him go. Make sure you do. You know, yeah. don't. I get you it. Know, I, get it. Taking, I get it. Uh, taking more interest in me than other other people. Yeah. Well, I think you're going to need some discernment as you date to just go, is her heart in it? Would she have married me if if my family was broke? Is that really a big factor? How are you finding these dates currently? Um, well, you know, just around town in church, things like that. You know, I try to stay off the Internet, but, you know, that's kind of this day and age. Yeah. So the people in your church. Um, they must know your family? Yes. Yes, okay. that's correct. So there's part of this that there's part of this that could be very real and there's part of this that could be perceived, right? Because uh if I go back, if I go to my home church, people know, "Oh, Jade, she works for Ramsey. She's on the Ramsey show. Like she has this cool job." But it doesn't really change. I could talk myself into thinking they're going to see me different and they're going to talk to me different, but it doesn't really change anything cuz they've been knowing me for 
how you know 10 years however long i've been at the church so is there a piece of this that you're just worried about it or have you seen it play out and actually be a reality um there was um an instance where i was talking to a girl at a wedding that i'd met and the father wanted to get his daughter and, and leave the wedding everybody was leaving uh-huh. and, and he asked uh, the groom what my name was and he told the father my name and the father said okay well we'll just wait around and give them a minute to talk to each other weird i mean that's weird but that's also like i feel like there is you should expect for there to be some like jerk moves or you know dumb people are going to have dumb moments for sure but i definitely don't want that to talk you out of dating a really nice girl and because here's the thing you're whether wealthy or not you're going to go down the line with plenty of girls thinking oh, i like i liked her and then it's not going to work out regardless of having wealth you might get to the point of thinking this is the one and then it doesn't work out i think that that's happened to everybody right and so i think that you're going to know pretty early in whether someone has ulterior motives or not and maybe that's you developing kind of your own spidey sense spidey sense or a little screen a, a little sneaky screening test that you do when you're talking to people and, or there's a little checklist of red flags that you look for when they're talking to you are they talking about money in a way that you think is a red flag are they talking about are they asking you more questions um about your family than they're asking about you right i think it's you going okay what what is it that i need to be looking for um when i'm going on dates also who is it like if if somebody is setting me up who do I trust to say, oh, I have a friend, you know, they'll be, you know, because I do think that um, I think that the circle of people that you get in is really important because people know each other. Right. And it's like at my church, the folks that I roll with at my church, they know people and I know that the people they know are good people. And then I, since those people are good, it's like it's almost like birds of a feather flocking together. True. And so I would probably just decide like, hey, I, pro- I don't really there's certain people that if they say, Hey, I have somebody I'm going to set you up on a date with. I'm like, mm, okay, no, thank you. You know? Yeah. I also wonder if he got out of his own circle, uh, Joe, would that help? Because they don't know you from Adam at that point. That's also good. You know, to where they're, they're right. seeking you out for the right reasons. And my worry is that it's going to be more paranoia in your head of like, Oh gosh, they're trying to get up the family's money and they don't really care about me. And that's what I don't want you to have. I would just walk into it and just be Joe and take things slow, ask the right questions you know, establish boundaries, be transparent. That's the best thing you can do in these situations. And over time, you'll vibe it out and you go, no, that's a good family. Those are good parents. They're not yeah. out my money. And that that's always going to be a factor though, you know? Yeah. Rachel Ramsey, when she was in college and met Winston, Winston was like, Dave, who's that guy? Yeah. And so that was a big factor. Of, there was no weirdness there. Yeah, I think, honestly, I think a lot of it could be in his head right now. He had that one moment that, like, kind of freaked him out, and that can definitely give you make you gun-shy. But my guess is most people are not looking at, they're not, most people probably aren't making that connection. They're just like, oh, your last name is Jude. That's great. I'm not thinking St. Jude. It must be them. This is The Ramsey Show. Here's the thing about investing advice. You can find it just about anywhere, but that doesn't mean it'll always help you with your personal goals. Here's another option. 
check in with a smart Vester Pro. These financial advisors can review your plan or help create one that's personalized to you. To find a smart Vester Pro in your area, go to ramseysolutions.com slash smartvester. Go to ramseysolutions.com slash smartvester. Ramsey Solutions is a paid non-client promoter of participating pros. Learn more at ramseysolutions.com slash smartvester. You're listening to The Ramsey Show. I am Jade Warshaw, joined by George Camel. Breaking Free from Broke is the name of the book that George Camel just came out with. It's very, very cool. And you're recording the audiobook as well, George. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, I just wrapped it. The team's editing it right now, and we're doing an enhanced audiobook. So it's ah. got some music transitions. We're weaving in some conversations and phone calls and things we've done to just spice it up for the listener. I love that. That's very, very I cool. I try to break the mold, Jade. You know, I'm excited for that because you've, I've heard your audio on a couple of different projects. Remember when you did the fine print? Oh, yeah. That was one of my favorites, that narrative. You've Similar got a narrative good voice. Vibe. Thank you. I appreciate you that. you got a good voice for that. And That's you have cool. a new book, uh, Money's Not a Math Problem, that I just do. launched this week I do. on presale, and it's coming out in December. So That's I'm very right. excited for you. You can check out all of those books at RamseySolutions.com slash store. And of course, we bribe you with some goodies for buying it early, including with mine, the free audiobook Love and it. ebook. Now that you told me it's going to be like zhuzhed up, I'm kind of you jealous. You can. There's still time to zhuzh. Maybe a little bit. I, I do my own sound effects. Pew pew pew. That's pretty good. <laughs> Let's go to Elaine. Did I say that right? Elaine in Phoenix, Arizona. She spells it differently. What's going on, Elaine? Uh, so I was planning on retiring next year at 45. Um, I'm 44 now. Uh, have a few financial setbacks uh, over the last two years. And just kind of wanted to double check my math that it still makes sense to leave my nine to five. So, wow. Okay. Um, leaving the nine to five. Can I, can I ask a question? Are we leaving the nine to five to do something else? Or you're just like, I am done using my energy to do any sort of work. I'm the type of person I'll always do something, whether that is going to be something that's super monetarily rewarding is sort of to, to be determined. Okay, so how much do you have on your nest egg? Uh, so I have about 500000 in various retirement accounts and then some investment accounts. Um, I also have about 250000 that's coming to me from the sale of a, an old primary residence okay. that will be added to that. Um, I own my home, so I don't have a mortgage. I own my car. I don't have a car payment. I don't have any significant sources of debt other than the fact that I have a child who is, you know, a huge money pit. Um, love him, but huge money pit. What's your personal so, home worth? Not a, uh, 640000 Okay. And you live in Arizona. Okay. Mm -hmm. So what's your game plan? Let's say you retire next year. What is your game plan and why do you feel like it's now set back? Uh, so I went through a pretty nasty divorce um, last year. It cost about 180000 over the two years that we were in court. Um, and then I got laid off last year as well. So I had about six months of no income. Um, so really, I just want to spend some time and focus on my kid and watch him grow up. And uh, I had some health complications as well. So just slow down so that I can be here long term for him. Mm. Okay. And then what's your plan financially? Let's say you retire next year. What is the game plan as far as using these retirement accounts and the cash that you have to sustain yourself? Because what if, let's say you live to 95, that's a 50 year retirement. What's our plan to not run out of money? So 
It, I a will not live to ninety five. Our DNA is terrible. But um, hey, <laughs> come don't on, say that. Elaine. Don't say that. Don't say that. They're doing. God will now spite you by making you live to a hundred. Uh, well, what percentage uh, were you maybe. planning to pull off of this? Um, so I've been running various retirement calculators um, and basically drawing down um, forty five thousand a year um, until I retire. And you're working alone, or are you working with a professional? I'm working alone. I would strongly, 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 strongly advise you to get with a professional. Matter of fact, I'd love if, uh, Christian, can you set her up with one of our SmartVestor pros, set her up with that information so you can find a pro in your area? Because I want you to sit down with somebody who's going to run these numbers with you every single possible way they can run them and actually be able to give you a number that has been tested to say, hey, here's here's realistically what you could do and hopefully never touch the principle of this. And because mm-hmm. I'm sure I, I think that the, a number does exist for that, but I just don't want it to be you doing some quick calculations based on something you saw on the internet. Like, and I'm not trying to be ugly. I'm just saying, I want to make sure that this is the right move. But bigger than that, I do think that before you pull the trigger on this, I think you need to know what's next on the corner for how you're using your time. And I know you have a kid and kids take up a lot of time, but as far as productivity and how you want to spend your days and what, what you do with your very, very useful to the world skills. Okay. And I think my hope is that it, that will come once I'm able to sort of focus and rest a little bit. Um, that will, my purpose will become clear. What if you called thing. this, Hey, I'm going to take a year. I'm going to take one year versus I'm going to retire early. That's a very different decision to make that I think would give me some I peace if I'm in that. your shoes. I got suckered back into going to work. I tried that. Um, I was going to take a year off and I, I made it four months and somebody pulled me back in. What um, kind of work did you so, do? Uh, I'm in software. Um, so I do like software architecture. Do you love that work? I used to. I hate it now. Okay. So much. Because so, you just so did the most. For so for you just over- I, I've been doing this since I was twenty years old. I've been doing this my whole professional life, and it's just it's the same problems every day. And I just want to solve a different problem. I guess. What would it? I'm I'm just we're just talking at this point. I'm not. What would just a career shift look like for you to be like? You know what? I did that. I don't want to be in software anymore. I want to, you know, sew blankets. Like whatever whatever it is that you've just decided. This is what. I, <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like taking the time yeah. to just spitball things. Matter of fact, Christian, make sure she gets Ken's Get Clear Assessment and some of those goodies, maybe even paycheck to purpose. Because here's here's my thing, Elaine. I really don't want you stepping out into this to, to nothing else. I want you to know, like even okay. if you called and said, hey, um, I'm going to retire early. My church really needs somebody to lead this initiative and it's going to give me the time that's what i want to focus like i never heard something that you're stepping into and i'm not going to lie that bothers me a little bit okay i mean i guess i'm stepping into being present for my kid because i I can't be right now i work so many hours yeah um and i know that only lasts for another probably 10 years until he hates me and um (laughs) lives in his room and never speaks to me again but how old's your kid how old is how old He's only four. Okay. Look, I respect that. I'm not mad at that. Being a stay-at-home mom's full-time job, so I'm not going to uh, dispute that one bit. So, look, get with somebody, talk with them, make sure to run the numbers and see what it really will take. And 
look, I'm proud of you. I'm not mad at all. I'm super proud. It's not every day, George, that someone calls and says, yeah. This is an impressive situation. She's impressive. 44, has $1.4 million net worth. That's just what the numbers she threw out. Yeah. And realistically, she could make these numbers work for a long time, but I, I so. do want to make sure that it's invested the right way that will help this money sustain itself for a That's long period right. of time. Now, 50 years, I don't know. I think we may have to go back to work eventually. And we've do, seen yeah. that from the, this is FIRE, Financial yes. Independence Retire right. Early. And we've seen some some members of that community go, Oh gosh, I retired at 34 and we had it, you know, $700,000 and now we're running out. And mm -hmm. also I need to save for junior's college yes. and I don't have an income. And so they're starting to get panicked and worried, inflation, housing, everything's going up over time. So we have to be cognizant of what the next 10, 20, 30 years could look like. I read an article recently and don't quote me on this because I literally skimmed the article, but it was one of the founders of fire, I think went back to work for mm -hmm. those very reasons. It was like, Hey, I got kids going in college and this is not necessarily what it was cracked up to be. Don't quote me on that, but go mm. see if you can find that article because I do remember reading it thinking, wow, that's interesting. But for me, the bigger piece of it, George, is um, being productive with... Now, don't get me wrong. This is not towards Elaine. If Elaine is like, I have a four-year-old, now I'm going to well, stay home with my four-year-old. That is a full-time job. And she's like, you know what? Life is more important than just work. I want to watch my kid grow up. I think it's a very noble thing to do, especially after what she's been through now yes. as a single mom, going through a messy divorce. I think she does need some time to grieve. Yes. But do we need to call it quits and never work again? I don't know that that's the solution. Right. I mean, based on her job alone and based on the fact of how in demand she was for her job, she has a major contribution just with her mind. doesn't have to be software, but she's got something that she can do. You know, once her kid goes to college, like she said, when he's ready to lock himself in his room. <laughs> Done. So I'm proud of you. Elaine, hear us say, very, very, very good job. Impressive. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey, good folks. Dr. John Deloney here. Listen, The Ramsey Cash Giveaway is back, and you could win the $3,000 grand prize. Go to RamseySolutions.com slash giveaway and enter every day. Plus, save 20% on bestsellers like my latest book, Building a Non-Anxious Life, my Questions for Humans conversation cards, and my friend Dave Ramsey's Baby Steps Millionaires. Listen, don't miss these deals. Get 20% off at RamseySolutions.com slash store. You're listening to The Ramsey Show. I am Jade Warshaw. George Camel is sitting to my right, and we are your hosts for the day. Give us a call. We'll talk about your life and your money or the things that are affecting you regarding your life and your money. The number is 888-825-5225. Give us a call, and we will help you sort it out. Let's go straight to the phone lines where we have Stuart in Billings, Montana. What's going on, Stuart? Hey there. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Um, I'm kind of at a crossroads right now in my life. I just uh, had to put my two weeks in for my current job. Um, been kind of miserable there um, in insurance, and I've been looking into um, taking an online boot camp to be to start a new career in data science or, or data analytics. Okay. Um, but part of the problem is that. Um, that obviously has a tuition cost incurred and I have um, existing student loan debt for my undergraduate degree and some other miscellaneous credit card debt that I've been working on. How much? And, uh, um, grand total is just close, just shy of 60000 I've got 35 in student loans and the remaining um, in credit cards and other personal loan debt. Okay. Um, 
So what would it cost to do this data science degree or certification or? The boot camp, I think roughly is uh, 9,700 if it's paid in full. Um, there's other, there's several different programs out there that have a variety of costs. It, it ranges, I'd say, somewhere between eight and 15,000, depending on the program. But the one I'm looking at in particular, they claim to have a, a 90% job placement rate and uh, 100% money back guarantee if you don't find a job within the first six months after completion. And you just pay the the flat rate. It's not like, hey, this is over the course of three months and you pay this this month and this month. It's just a flat. The flat cost, if you pay in full, is 9700 mm-hmm. for the one I'm interested in. Otherwise, you can finance it or um, make it in installments. No, we don't want to do that. Um how yeah. long is the boot camp? It's uh, 16 weeks. 16-week boot camp. And during the time of the 16-week boot camp, um, you're not able to work or do anything else. Are, are you going on location somewhere? Is, is it online? How does it work? It's online. It's uh, They say the average workload is 20 to 25 hours. It's self-paced. Um, so you can actually work full-time. So I could theoretically go find any other job. Um, and work full time in the day and then do this at night. Sounds like you would need to. How are you going to pay for the bills? Yeah, um, that's a great question. I, I was thinking about trying to find a different full time job and also working part time on the side, but I, I'm also trying to figure out how I can make all that happen. Um, but I think the bigger concern was that I just wasn't um, going very far in the current career I was in and needed to find something that I could actually. Um, enjoy going to work to do. Mm-hmm. And I think something in this data science field would be right up my alley. It's just a matter of how do I get there. How old are you? I'm 28. Have you, um, um, I, I, I like how you're thinking in the way of you're like, I, I started this job and I'm not going anywhere. I don't enjoy it. I think I might enjoy this. I'd like to get, I'd like for you to get a little bit more clarity on why you mm-hmm. think you might enjoy it before you invest 9,716 weeks. Um, and maybe that yeah. looks like finding somebody who does it and interviewing them, um, just digging into it a little bit more. Like, can I shadow you for it? Like, what does your job look like? And really dig into it. Um, we're going to give you Ken's Get Clear Assessment because I really want to make sure that this really is the right field for you. Um, but let's put that on pause for a quick moment because – what I really think, no matter what you decide to do, if you're like, no, Jade, after further research, I know 100% I want to do this. I think that's great. But I do think that you'll feel better about it if we can start cleaning up this initial debt in the process mm-hmm. or a first. So what would it yeah. look like for you to find a job um, that pays what you are making or more? That's a great question. Um, I mean, for context, uh, I was... I was uh, netting 2700 a month after taxes and deductions and had full health care coverage and a matching 401k. So mm-hmm. it's hard to find something exactly like that right now, um, at least. And right now you have no income? Field. No, I've, I'm, I've still, I still have about two and a half weeks left of, of working there. I, I just put in my notice. And, um, and that's just and because you could not work another day. You were like, I'm fed up with this. That and some other circumstances that I can't really get into, but it's just like ethical it, stuff. It wasn't a great, yeah, not from my own 
side of things just wasn't enjoying what I saw on the inside. And, um, I just was having a hard time with my mental health getting through the days. And I just knew that this was the right choice to move on to something different. What's your undergrad in? Political science. Political science. Okay. Yeah. What I would do if I were you is I would be focused right now. I would be getting on Glassdoor. I'd be getting on everything and I'd be looking for a job that seems like something that you could stomach or enjoy for the next two years, year and a half. Sure. Where you're making, I I want you to get to 40,000, right? Yeah. Okay. And as much as you can, as much as you can, but I want you to matching what you were making before. And I want you to get this debt cleaned mm-hmm. up. And in the meantime, if you yeah. can't land that full-time job, we got to get enough side hustles to create $2,700 in take-home pay. And that might mean delivering people, packages, food, Instacart, Uber mm-hmm. Eats, DoorDash, Uber, Lyft, you name it, in order to bring in enough yeah. income to sustain your life right now until you land that next job. But I'm with Jade. I would pause on this. I love this dream of doing data science, but let's pause. Let's find something sustainable. Uh, let's <laughs> clean up some of this debt, and then we can cash flow this $10,000 program and hopefully increase our income and do something we love. Very, very good. Thanks for the call, Stuart. That was, uh, you know, not easy, but I think he needs to clean up his his mess first. Let's go straight to Rob in Dallas, Texas. What's going on, Rob? Hi, good afternoon. Thanks for taking my call. No problem. Uh, I'll start by saying I'm on baby step four, five, and six, and I've been working through a question with my SmartFester Pro. We have about $12,000 that um, I got as a bonus at work mm-hmm. to invest towards potentially a 529, which I've already invested in. Okay. I'll start with my question. Based on Ramsey principles, why is the 529 a better idea than prepaid college? Well, And I have some specifics for kind of our scenario. Well, for me, the reason I like a 529 is because there's no limit on how much you can contribute to it. So for me, that's great. And there's not an income limit um, of what you can or can't make in order to contribute to it. So I just think it's a little bit free, freer in that sense. Um, and with the 529, you don't want the prepaid. You want something where you're able to choose the investments and the investments are growing. And something I like about the 529 is they're state specific, but you don't have to choose the one that's in your state. So you can literally work with somebody to find one that has the perks that make the most sense for you. So I just feel in general, there's a little bit more freedom in it. Um, But that being said, there's not a right or wrong answer. In your case, if you're wanting to contribute more um, than what a, um, contribute more, a 529 would be good for you. More than what an ESA would What's driving you to the prepaid option? Uh, Well, thank you for asking. So I have two uh, kids and I have 70K saved for my oldest child and 34 in a 529 in good growth stock mutual funds. My SmartVestor Pro estimates that at an in-state public school in Texas, uh, the younger one would cost 162K when they turn 18 and uh, 144K when they, uh, the older one turns 18. Right now I can take 66K and hand that to the state of Texas and buy 
four years of prepaid tuition. I wouldn't do the prepaid option. I would do something where you're able to choose the funds that are invested in and have a little bit more control. You're going to get more bang for your buck with that for sure. And there's a lot of restrictions with these prepaid plans that make them not as great deals as you think. You can't pay for books. Housing's off the table. There's some restrictions on what schools you can go to. I don't think you can transfer it in as many cases, right? As you would with the... Yeah, I, I would look into all the fine print on these, but we don't suggest a prepaid plan. I'd stick with the 529, and 162 is a lot. Let's try to get some scholarships, grants, and maybe choose a more affordable school. I love Ooh. that. This is The Ramsey Show. This is The Ramsey Show. Thank you for listening. Uh, I am Jade Warshaw, your host. This is George Campbell sitting right next to me, your other host for the remainder of the show today. Uh, Give us a call. The phone lines are still open. The number is 888-825-5225. Our scripture and quote of the day, each one of you should test their own actions. They can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. That's Galatians 6, verse 4 through 5. Freddie Mercury, ooh, lead singer of one of the greatest bands, I must say, Queen, and on my top list of best male vocalists. Fight me if you want to. 100%. He said, someone will always be prettier. Someone will always be smarter. Someone will always be younger, but they will never be you. Come on, somebody. That's what I'm talking about. That's a word. That's a word. That is. Ooh, love that. I had to let that marinate for just a moment. That was good. All right, let's go to TJ. He's in Philadelphia, PA. What's going on, TJ? Hi, I'm fine. Thank you for taking my call. You're welcome. Thanks for calling. How can we help? So we are just now starting baby step two. I've been learning about the Ramsey process, and we are in a bad place from stupid stupid mistakes. Um, We're just now starting baby step two. Okay. I have all the numbers for you, but the, the question is, my husband is um, starting to work overtime and is also working a second job, and he's worried about missing basically the lives of our two little kids for working so much for the next three years. Yeah. Um, that, look, that's a real concern that people have, and it's one of those things where you've kind of got to weigh both sides of it and find the right balance in the middle because your family is mm-hmm. extremely important having time with them is extremely important and getting out of debt is important and setting them up by way of setting yourself up for the future is extremely important. So let's lay out yeah. these numbers and then let's see if we can help you strike the right balance in, in getting this thing done. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah. So what are the numbers? What's the debt? Okay. Um, so like I said, we're trying to turn over a new leaf here. We have IRS debt. We have, um, 2023 taxes that we procrastinated on that we need to save up for $5,000 of that. Okay. We have my student loans for $6,500. Okay. And then we have back IRS debt for $12,000. And that's the back debt. Okay. And then, and then student loans for $24,000. So, okay. Student loans for 6,500 and 6,000 and student loans for 24,000. Yes. Okay. Anything else? That's all. No credit cards, no car loans? Nope, no credit cards. We, we we broke those up. Okay, how many kids do you have? Two. Two? And what is your combined income with you and your husband? It's 74000 And do both of you work? No, I'm a stay-at-home mom with the children. 
How old are the kids? Ages two, and my daughter is three months old. Okay. So this is not as bad as I thought it was going to be when you first started talking. Yeah. I, I was waiting. I was waiting for it to be different. So maybe that makes you feel a little bit better. I don't know. Maybe it doesn't. But um, I'm looking at this, and automatically I'm going to tell you to put the IRS debt, the back debt first, that 12000 even though it's – we always say do your um, debts from smallest to largest – in this case, the IRS always comes first. So because you've got the back okay. debt, let's do the 12K first and then do the 5K. So 12K IRS debt, 5K IRS debt. Then we're going to tackle the 6,500 student loan, then the $24,000 student loan. So that's the order of importance. Next things next. Let's talk about this budget. Are you on a budget? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I like to just write down everything on paper, but mm. yeah. We're going to change all that today. We are going to rock your world, TJ, because we're going okay. to make sure you are set up with the best budgeting tool out there. It's called Every Dollar, and it is going okay. to make your life. You're going to walk away today, and you're going to go, oh, thank God, because tonight you're going to log in, and you are going to create your budget, and you're going to know by the time you go to sleep tonight, okay, like, after all the bills are paid, after all the necessities are paid for, this is how much money that we should have left at the end of the month. And then... I do have a number for you if you'd like. What is it? Um, $1,400. Is what's left. And that's with overtime and the second job? Yes. And with beans and rice type of stuff. Okay. What's your grocery budget? Um, I combined gas and grocery at $500 for the month. Oh, that's combined gas and groceries? Girl. I'm hoping. Are you guys investing at all right now? Does he have no. a retirement plan at all? Well, he's just starting a new job, so he's planning on not investing right away. Okay, we want to do that after we get out of good. Good. I'm just wondering where the 74000 is going to figure out how we get more than 1400 Because 1400 bucks a month, that's less than seventeen grand a year, and you're sitting there with you know forty seven grand of debt. And that's going to just, that's t- too long to sacrifice for four, exactly. five years. We need to speed this up. What's your mortgage? What do you pay every month in your mortgage? 1090. Okay, right, that feels fine. reasonable. Yeah. Well, I think, and this is just me, I think that you might, I, I, you will benefit from every dollar. And I think you might find areas where some money is slipping through the cracks where you can go, okay, Maybe this is it because what, here's the thing with pen and paper. You're not doing things in real time. You're always having to circle back and go, okay, what was that? Okay, what was that? Where with every dollar, every mm-hmm. single day, you're getting that update of this is how much money I can spend. So that's still going to be very a very big deal. But what I really want to get to is finding a way with side hustles in order to bring this number up. I want you at least, I mean, what would it look like for you to bring in $500 and your husband to bring in an extra $500 every month? What would that take? Um, yeah, I, I thought about getting a job myself, but he said that he didn't really want me to work. He wanted me to be at home with the kids. That might be true, but if if you're not going to work, then he has to do double the work. So is he willing to do double right. the work? It sounds like he's concerned about that because the whole crux of this call was he doesn't want to miss out on the kid's life. You're at home with them all yes. day. So maybe there's a piece of that mm-hmm. that you can take off his plate is what I'm saying. Okay. And I think 
it, it sounds like a lot, but George and I talk to people all the time who side hustle. They do Instacart and they're bringing in four and five and six and $800 a month. I even know people now, uh, let me go on record on saying, I don't know if you're supposed to do this, but I know people who take their kids and do their Instacart. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And take so they're the able to store. Store. Yeah. have one car. You said you only have one car. Yes. Then maybe it's you drop your husband off at work. Then you go do your Instacart shift. You go back home. The kids take a nap. You do another Instacart thing and then you go pick him up. I think there's a way that you guys can do this where it's not. He hasn't seen the kids in three years. Like we don't want it to be like that. We want you to. um, That was my Titanic voice. That was pretty good. There is a balance that you can strike here. And I do think that it's with you picking up some hours in the day, taking the kids with you. And because I don't want him to work. 24 hours a day. You know, I want them to be able to see these kids. I mean, you got two and three month old. The the truth is a lot of people will spend the next 30 years with stress and anxiety and the kids watch their parents grow up fighting about money because they didn't want to sacrifice for those two or three Mm -hmm. years while they were young. And uh, I don't remember anything. Uh, You know, third grade, I think, is my first memory, Jade. So truthfully, while he's going to have the guilt of I'm missing out on all this, the kids are not going to have trauma because dad worked overtime when they were two. And I want to set you guys up for a great financial future for the next 30 years, 40 years. Uh, and I'm okay with sacrificing right now to get there. And I think Jay's right. Yeah. There's a balance. I think you have some skin in the game and truthfully being a stay home mom is a choice. And that choice comes with consequences. And one of those is we don't have two incomes. We have to figure something out yep. to clean this up. And this isn't forever. And the good news is here's what I want to leave you with. The good news is you are the average, like you are the person, the average person is out of debt in two years or less. You're that person. You guys are going to get okay. your income up. You're going to have $2,500 of disposable. I'm throwing at debt money and you're going to make this gone. You're going to pay off uh, $30,000 a year and you, this is going to be gone in two years. Yeah. An extra 500 or 1000 bucks changes this whole situation. Dramatically. So hang on the line. We will get you every dollar premium and also sign up for a webinar Rachel's doing everydollar.com slash budgeting in just a few days. She's going to walk you through how to use this thing. Ooh, love it. All right, guys, that does it for this hour of The Ramsey Show. Remember, you can tell me that you won't do it, but please don't try me by telling me that you can't. With Jesus Christ, all things are possible. This is The Ramsey Show. Dr. John Deloney here. Mental and emotional health challenges, broken relationships, it's all just part of life, but they don't have to define you. The Dr. John Deloney Show is here to help. It's a caller-driven podcast where you can get practical advice on dealing with anxiety, loneliness, depression, relationship challenges, your kids, and so much more. Listen to questions from our callers, or if you're walking through a tough situation and need some help, give me a call. You are never meant to do life alone, and that's what this podcast is all about. Follow along on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or the Ramsey Network app. Remember, your worth being well.